There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Mind Your Own Podcast with Aaron Sorensen and Sasha Durkin. Where we stick to sports, except when we're not. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Own Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Sasha. And I feel a little out of sorts. Um, I totally was like trying not to botch that intro, but I feel like we we really inadvertently took, like really unexpectedly, I should say, took uh, our previous episode off for anyone um, who noticed that we didn't have an episode that wasn't planned. If you're like, where the heck was it? Like, <laughs> don't worry. Like, it wasn't something that you missed. It was just a... Uh, I, I messaged Sasha that morning that we were supposed to record and was like, I can't. Um, so it, it just was what it was. Uh, we didn't have a podcast. Life sort of took over. But yeah. uh, I, I mean, we didn't get just like tons and tons. We didn't get like a barrage of emails asking us where we were. So apparently all of you must have realized what we did. <laughs> so yeah. I appreciate I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a doozy couple of weeks, but Sasha, first and foremost, before I feel like I inevitably uh, just talk about myself, <laughs> how are you? I'm okay. Um, Mario was just over here by me. He has a donut. Mm. Um, I tried to buy him the inflatable donut that looked like a donut, um, but it wasn't quite as big as the one that he has. So if you hear... Um, things getting ran into in the background. Um, it's just the dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully scout has already barked once at a UPS delivery person. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully she's settled for a bit. Uh, she, she typically does that like whenever I'm on a call. So it's, it, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and I'm praying. I will say I had to record something last week, late in the week, and it was going to be like five minutes at most. And all I kept praying is like, please don't let there be any sound on the street of any kind. Because if she hears a door close or she hears the sound of what she thinks is a FedEx or UPS truck, it doesn't matter if they're coming to her house. It's just, it's like a trigger for her. Yeah. And um, I was just like, please let us get through these five minutes. And she did really well. She did wander through the background a little bit. So she just had to like be a part of it she wanted to be included but she at least didn't bark and that was all I wanted I was like just no barking for five minutes please just please I beg of you yeah so for those who um I think like I said a lot of you probably understood for we're very fortunate with the listeners that we have that you have followed us on social media whether that's Twitter Instagram whatever Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're very um, in tune to what's going on with Sasha and I outside of just what's going on in this podcast. And for me, I uh, f- we unfortunately lost our dog, Jax. It's been now just over a week ago. It was very unexpected. Um, I am not going to cry because I, I like I I will say um, it's kind of amazing how much like you don't think your body can cry as much as it does. And I have cried so much to the point where my eyes are just have like constantly swollen. They hurt. Like my eyes just hurt right now. And it feels like a really bad allergy attack where like, I'm just like, my eyes are like burning constantly. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, doozy of a previous week. I am definitely still not okay. Grief is a very, bizarre thing and grief is grief is hard because like I think where I'm at right now in the last week is I've sort of transitioned into this space where I start to feel almost like am I talking about it too much am I um, annoying people are people looking at me going it's just a dog like why are you acting like this there are bigger things in the world and it's so hard because like I I am sure there are people out there who feel that way right now with me and I'm sure they will continue to feel that way. But like the reality is, is most people don't. And it's just a mind game that you play on yourself. 
yourself where you're like, everyone thinks I'm annoying. Everyone thinks this. It's just the stages of grief that you go through. But the thing for me that I have found is like talking about it and sharing it more openly um, has helped because I've heard from a lot of people who have shared um, different things themselves. And the one thing that like, I think has been consistent across the board in the last week that I've heard from people is that like, it doesn't like the pain and the, like the missing feeling doesn't go away. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm... Don't it's apologize. Fine. Don't oh, apologize. It's, so, it's just so hard. I guess like for anybody who might be like new to me, um, I adopted Jax in 2012. I was 24. I had no business adopting a dog. Like <laughs> I had absolutely no business adopting a dog. I like had never owned a dog in my life just for full transparency. I had grown up with a cat and I just, you know, I full transparency. I felt like when you graduated from college, you got your own apartment and everything like the trendy thing to do was to get a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I want a dog. And my whole thing was, is I, at the time before I adopted him, I really wanted a, um, like a Husky. I thought for some reason that was the type of dog I wanted. And I still really do like Huskies, but like, I'm glad that I didn't. Cause they're also little terrors. Yeah. Um, love Huskies, but they're little terrors. Um, and I had visited the Nebraska Humane Society multiple times and Jax was there and his sign always said he was a go-getter, but he was not, na- or his sign said he was a known go-getter, but he was always napping. And so after our third visit, my mom and I, she was like, I don't even care if you don't want to adopt this dog. I just want to meet this dog because yeah. it says he's a go-getter, but he's always napping. Some of it is like, obviously like he was probably a little depressed in the shelter. It was his second time there. However, oh. Jack just also really loved naps. Like that was just his thing. When it was time to nap, he really did not care what you were doing, what was going on. He just wanted his naps. Like, so he was a go-getter, but like give the man his space to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so I adopted him. And I, I mean, I had just started dating my fiance at the time. Like I, I just started dating my fiance. So like Jack's really like saw everything over nearly a decade. He, he watched the ups and downs of my own relationships. He watched, um, he watched friendships form friendships go, you know, just go in and out. Um, he watched, uh, just me grow. Uh, he watched me make mistakes. He watched me have success. He, he was truly like, he was there for like a really, I'd say like, that was a really like foundational point in my life. Yeah. And he was a constant through it. So I think like, to just now not have that has been really hard because I love, I love scout like for the record, like I don't yes, want to like, yes. I feel so bad. I'm like, I love scout to, to death as well. She's, I'm so thankful for her, but it's just like, Jax was kind of like a soul dog, if you will. Like he was one where I'm like, I won't ever probably be able to find a dog like Jax and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But coming to terms with that, has been really, really hard. So I will say like over the last week, <laughs> if you ever want just like a really like big reality check of like things that don't matter, um, this is just like, it's not that I don't like think that like football and sports and everything doesn't matter. They do. It's just like, it has really changed my perspective where like for a period of days, I was just like, I don't care. None of this, like, none of this is yeah. like important at the end of the day. Like, the press conference and what is said in them, like, it's not life or death. Like it's not, it's not as big of a deal as I think sometimes it can be made out to be. And so I've gone through a lot of emotion in a week and I'm like, it's going to be a while before I feel like I can like talk about Jax and be more reminiscent about like the happy memories than right now. I'm just like, so like, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really heartbroken and I like, it's just like, I have these days where like, I I can like kind of talk about it and I'm okay. It's just hard. And I, I don't, I don't really want to dive into the specifics, but I know some people have asked like what happened. And like, the answer is just like, Jax was getting old. Yeah. He was, you know, 
10 and a half years old. Um, he, he just had a lot of things, unfortunately working against him in old age, like dogs, um, they can, they can get cancer. There's all kinds of things that work against him. And he had a few different things that unfortunately just cropped up quickly. And I remember one of my neighbors, they lost, they lost their two dogs very close to one another. It was very sudden, but they said that where they're like, it just happens very quickly. It's very, it's very rare that it's like a slow, um, it's usually once you find out something is wrong, it, it, it just happens fast. Yep. And I mean, it was like about 36 hours for us. Now that's not to say like Jax was probably, um, dealing with things. Oh, sorry. I have to like, my nose is just like running now. Um, sorry to everyone for that beautiful, like listening experience. Um, but he was, the thing about animals is that they often, they do a really, they do a really good job of hiding what's going on with themselves. And he, 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 like, I, I don't think he was in pain. Like, I don't want to insinuate that like he was living in pain, but I do think, you know, he was, things were happening with him that like, we were just never going to really realize until it just was getting closer to his time to go. And it just, it just, everything I've heard from other people, like my neighbor who said, it just goes really fast. It just like happens really fast. It was true. It just went really quickly, but you know, I will say he, he passed away at about just before four 30 in the morning on a Monday. And I, the world was like really quiet. I, the one thing that really stood out to me, cause we went and got my mom so that she could also be there. And I, I had these big visions of like how I wanted Jax's last. I just, you think like their last day, I'm going to like have somebody come to our home. So that way, like they can be in their space and we're going to like get them all their favorite foods and we're going to like spoil them rotten so that they know. Yeah. And it didn't go like that. I, but when I think back on that moment, like the thing that like I'm really grateful for is it happened in the middle of the night. So like everything in the world was like, everyone was asleep. The world was quiet. Like there weren't, there was nothing, like there was nothing happening that really um, took the focus away from him and from us. And so I'm thankful for that because it just, it was, it was a time, it felt like time kind of stopped for that moment. And I'm grateful for that because there wasn't a lot of things going on to like distract. And I feel like it's very rare that like life sort of stops in that moment. And you can kind of just like live in a moment for just a period of time. And I do feel like we really got that. And so it, it's going to take time for me to process. I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely not okay. Um, and I don't think I will be for a while. Um, but it will get better. Um, we're, we're all dealing with our, we're all dealing with it. Like scout is processing it in her own way too. She is so sweet. She like, I think she looks for him a lot. She looks for him. Like when we come home, she goes to the spaces he was typically always laying in. She has kind of started to lay in some of the spots that he had always laid in probably just out of like, you know, confusion of like why he's not here. Um, she only knew a world with him. So for her, it's processing kind of like what being an only dog is like. Cause she never knew a world like that. Whereas yeah. Jax did, he knew a world like that for almost six years before she, you know, came along. And so it's, it's definitely an adjustment for her, but I will say like, cause I don't want to just cry through this whole episode, but I will say the one thing that like has been very, I don't know, just good for my soul is kind of learning scout. I've never spent time with her, like to her and I, like, I'm like, who are you? Like, what do you like? Like, I know you like tennis balls, but like, what else? And so like, it's kind of, it's kind of been good for my soul to just kind of experience her also and just kind of learn who she is as, as a, as a creature and as a being, because a lot of the things that like I knew about her were entirely because of Jack's. Like if you had said like, what's scout's favorite, like, 
like if I'm getting a treat, like what's her favorite? I would have said peanut butter, but I actually don't know that to be true. It's that yeah. was Jax's favorite. So like everything she liked and likes is very much because that's just what he likes. So I'm kind of like seeing more of like what I think her personality is coming out. And that's been good for my soul just to kind of have that distraction and that thing to kind of focus on. Yeah. But it to those of you who have lost animals, so many of you have. In fact, we received emails from both Danny and Erica um, just sending us um, notes. Danny talked about how she lost her best friend in May um, and sent a couple, like sent a photo. And I just, the thing that's so hard is like, I think about this. So she said Burke was her sole pet for 10 years, experienced medical school, residency, marriage, and kids. And oh my gosh, I'm like, <laughs> this is so <laughs> gross. There's a reason that this is not on camera. Thank goodness. Um, but the thing is, is like, you think about like, I think what I've heard more and more from people, especially as time goes on, is like grief grief is something that you can't just get over. You don't just like, I, I think like there's no expiration to expiration date to grief. Like that's what I was going to say. Like my phone oh. is still the back. My background on my phone is still um, Jack and Gino. And um, we lost Gino. Like we had, you and I were talking and um, we lost Gino very, very suddenly as well. Um, oh. He was our great Dane. Um I mean, it, I brought him to emergency and within an hour we had to make a decision. Um, and that was almost three years ago and it still hurts. Um, yeah. I, I think that the thing about losing um, a pet, uh, one, we don't deserve pets. <laughs> no, they're too good to us. <laughs> um, but there's just like that bond that um, I don't think that we ever can form the same type of bond with another human being, like, especially with dogs. I know cats and I, I like both, but dogs, um, they don't, uh, they don't question you. They love you regardless of anything that you've done, any mistake that you've made. They're always there. They, they know you, I feel like sometimes better than other human beings, because mm -hmm. there's just that, that feeling that they have. They know when you're sad without you saying out loud that you're sad. Um, they know and try to protect you when they feel like something's not right. Um, if there's an argument or something, um, it's just, uh, that it really doesn't get any less. It gets a little like the pain doesn't, it gets a little easier as time goes on. Um, but I don't think that you ever stop missing them. Um, especially if it's like, you know, your first, your mm. first animal on your own. Um, it just, uh, it sucks and it's, it's not fun. Um, I know that, uh, our Jack, um, was our, um, lab. He was older. Um, and the bond that those two dogs had, uh, <laughs> Jack was older, like I mentioned, but Gino would come inside and like wake Jack up when they were trying to go outside. Cause Jack had started to lose his hearing. So when Gino died, um, Jack really went downhill pretty fast, um, mm. because they had that bond together, you know? Um, so it's just, I don't, <laughs> I don't think it ever gets like the pain doesn't get less. Um, but it's, it's just really hard when you lose a pet, they really are your best friend. I, I think something that like absolutely wrecked me when Kyle told me this, but his grandpa had made a comment to him about how like, it's absolutely now his grandpa's like 96 or 97. Like his grandpa's like lived, he is like just rocking it, like living just yeah. this long, happy, long, long life. Um, he made a comment that like, you, like you should absolutely be just, you know, really sad because animals are children yeah. And I know there's always kind of a controversial thing where it's like, don't compare your pet to my kids. And I never, I never, I never, I understand children are very different. I understand. Yeah. Like, I want to be clear. Children are very much like in a different, but for some people, like in, in my case, at least right now in my life, my children are my animals. They yeah. are my pets. I, I literally like plan my day around them. I plan 
my, like, if I have to work too long, like it's like setting up daycare for them almost like how, how do I make sure that they're cared for? How do I make sure that their needs are met? How do I make sure they're happy, healthy, and well cared for? And I assume that's the exact same way I'll be with a child is wanting to make sure they're well cared that they're cared for, happy, healthy, fed, like all of these things. And so you, I, what's for me, losing Jax is like losing a piece of my, um, not to be overly dramatic, but like almost a piece of my existence. Like I have found in the last week, the things that like, I had to wake up at a very specific time because he had very specific medicines that he needed. And those took time. He was also very picky about how he ate. Mm -hmm. So like, you couldn't just like wake up and like be out the door in a very, like you had to build in almost like a half an hour of time to make sure he was cared for. He had everything he needed before you could. That is something that for me, um, is comparable to a child. Whereas like, this was a, this was a living being that relied on me to care for them and to give them everything that they needed. And I based, I based everything around, I based everything around him. Like, I, I understand that there are a lot of people in this world that don't, don't care about animals in the way that I do. I understand that. And I understand that there are a lot of people who don't care for animals in the way that I do, but this is the way that I cared for my animal. This Mm -hmm. is the way that like Jack's very much was a child. I toted him around. Like it was like taking him to grandma's because somebody needed to watch him today. I mean, it was, I, I, I could hear myself like all the time, like with my fiance, like just being like, he doesn't like that. Don't do that. That's not what he likes. Like he likes it. Like if you do this, like I was, it was just so like, I, I it's things that like you would do if like your child was like, they don't like this. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I was always like, no, you can't do that. Jax doesn't like that type of thing. He would rather be like this. And it's just, it's going to be hard for I'd assume a long time and, you know, someday it will get easier, but I'm very much missing the things that like were inconvenient. I'm very much missing the fact that like now scout doesn't have medicine. So it's just like, you are going to bed and you just have to go let her out and then she's mm-hmm. good. It takes a minute. Yeah. And that's, that's strange. Um, I, I, I remember like having to base so much of my, my schedule around, around the two of them. And she's different as a solo dog than it is with two. And so now like my whole sort of world has been turned upside down. And like I said, I, when Kyle's grandpa made that comment about how, like, I don't know why just having that validation of somebody saying like, your animals are your children. Like you care for them like that. I was like, I don't know why I needed that validation because like, I think that's where I'm at right now. Like to go back to that in this grief, I'm very much in a place now where I'm starting to feel inconvenient to people. And I don't think that's how people like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really actually think that's how people feel, but it's just like where I'm at in my stage of grief Mm -hmm. where like, I feel like I almost have to suppress it and like make it seem like it's okay. And I think a big reason for this is, we do not allow people to grieve animals in the way that we allow them to grieve people. Yep. And here's kind of the difference for me. When my grandma passed away, I was very sad, but we also had a funeral for her. We also had these moments where we were able to mark the passing of time with her. We had moments where family could get together and reminisce and sort of like, you, you could eulogize this person's life and yep. have this moment of closure. There's not a lot of that for animals. And like, it feels like a lot of times we're like when a family member, we, and for the record, we don't even have great, like anything in this country. We don't have great maternity, paternity. Yeah. We don't even grab great that, but we certainly don't have great bereavement. So like yeah. to begin with, like you get a day, people, yeah. you get a day, but even like with like an animal, when you ask for a day, people sort of look at you like, what you, you need a yeah. day to like be sad about your dog. Like, what are you doing? I'm very thankful for the record that nobody at, Hill varsity heard out or anything acted like that. Like nobody was like, I, I very much like I told people I can't do it. And it was very much like, cool. Like the, 
do what you need to do. Like not a big deal. So I'm very thankful for the work culture that I have that like, it was not an issue at all, but there is kind of this idea of like, it's just an animal. Why are you so upset? And we just don't have a great understanding for so many reasons in this country, but in society where it's like, people grieve all sorts of different things for various reasons that aren't understandable to you and not shaming people for that grief, however it manifests or however they have to work through it, what goes a really long way because all, all that happens is then people feel like they have to like suppress what they're feeling to get on with life. And that is not healthy. No, it's not. Absolutely Um, not healthy. I will say this. Um, like I mentioned, like there's, I just feel like there's just a different bond with pets. Um, for me specifically, like I, as everyone knows, I'm 37. I don't, I don't plan on having any children of my own. Um, it's not something, it's something I thought I wanted, uh, for a brief period of my life. Um, but it's not something that I want in my life anymore at this point. So for me, uh, like with Mario, uh, we've had, I'm like going to get an emotional because mm. I'm thinking about that TikTok. When you die, you're going to absolutely destroy my life for oh me. Oh my God. Mario, that one came up on my, like, uh, and I was like, why? Yeah. For me, Mario, we've had Mario since he was six weeks old. So for me, he mm. very much is like the child that I, you know, like I've was home with him every single day for the first, I know this sounds crazy to some people, but like I was home with him every single day mm-hmm. for the first year of his life. Um, he very much helped me get through, um, being laid off. Um, it was something to focus on, um, taking care of him. So like, I'm kind of like a helicopter mom with him because anytime there's even the slightest thing wrong with him, I'm like calling the vet. I'm like, Oh my God, is he going to be okay? Um, so for like that bond that he and I have is very different than what he has with Brian, um, my Mm -hmm. husband. And, I just think that uh, being more understanding, even if you don't understand it, of people grieving pets, um, it, if you've never had a pet, uh, it's hard, it's difficult to understand. But um, I think that you're 100% right. Like, <laughs> you don't get that time to, you don't get a celebration of life. You don't, you don't get a funeral. Um, this sounds morbid as shit, but you get your animal back in a box. Um, and that's, you you don't get time to grieve for that. Um, and I just think that, uh, just, (laughs) just being kind. And like, even if you don't understand it, just realizing that if you don't understand it, that's fine, but just allow people their space to grieve. Because like you said, like everybody grieves in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it's really hard. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, and I would, I'm just going to no, be a blubbery mess. Like I probably would have said, I wouldn't, I didn't fully understand the only pet I had lost really memorably in my lifetime was the cat that I had growing up. But, mm-hmm. you know, I left for college. He continued to live with my mom. Um, he, it's actually so some of these memories come back to me as I like talk which is why I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about Jax because I have these moments where I realize like Jax was alive when my grandma was still alive and now she has she has gone Jax was also alive when Sid my my cat growing up was still alive in fact there Jax even essentially met Sid not Sid was not particularly like thrilled about that, but like they were in the same house once to see if like, Oh, maybe they'd like each other. And like, no, Sid was an old, old cat that was like, no, thank you. I'm not interested in this giant beast being anywhere near me. Um, but like to think of like the time that like things have touched because it feels so long ago that Sid was gone. And now when Sid, when Sid had to be put to sleep, um, I was really sad because I, you know, had grown up with him, but I also was kind of removed from it because he lived with my mom. And so like, I, my grief was different. It was more of like, I still could feel in a way that like he was going to, he was, he was still in a way existing Mm -hmm. in a world that like, I just wasn't in. Um, the thing that I don't think I had ever experienced until now. And so I think I have a deeper sense of empathy for others that I will always carry with me is 
to have a pet be gone that lived with you and was with you so much. Cause like same, same as you, Jax was with me a lot because my yeah. job allowed me to be home a lot, especially in the last, like from about 2016 on when I started to make some changes as far as I'm not coaching, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. Like I was home a lot with him when, especially out of season, there'd be days like we're just together 24, 24 hours, like just yeah. me and him. And, you know, when scout came along still just the three of us, most days, Kyle had to go to work and I, he, he went through, like I said, he saw a lot of ups and downs. He saw a lot of like good times, bad times in between times. He saw, he saw my life truly being lived. And I, I always knew the day was going to come. Yep. And I, I don't know, like part of me just kept thinking like, there's more time. Like I have more time. Like even like when we first went to the emergency vet on Sunday and we kind of like had a game plan and we were going to come back. Like I, I, in my mind was like, this isn't it. This can be it. Like this, there's more time. There's more time here. We have a game plan. Like yep. there is a game plan here. And then when we had to come back and that game plan did not pan out the way that we thought it was going to, and it became a very quick, like, this is not going to work. And in fact, like we have to make a pretty big decision right now. Um, I was like, I kept like, I kept like just in my head being like, but no, hold on. Like there's more time. Like, why would this be, why would this be the reality? We were, we, we, we knew like we had plans, like there was there, this isn't it. There's more time. And like, I understand that there's like, you know, the, the five stages of grief and everything. And like, mm -hmm. the thing is, is like, there's a line in Casey Musgrave song where she said, healing doesn't happen in a straight line. Mm -mm. And now she was talking about divorce, but it's very relatable because I think a lot of times with grief, when we look at those five stages, you think that they happen in sequence. Like you're going to go through this and then you're going to yep. go through this. I have lived every, no, I am on like an absolute roller coaster. My, my line of healing right now is like all over the place. I have moments of denial. I have moments of anger. I have moments of acceptance. I have moments of like, I'm going through them all, but I'm going through them all sometimes in the span of an hour. Like they're like, yeah just remembering that if healing does not happen, healing doesn't happen in a straight line. It happens in whatever form shape it takes for you. And I, I, I think that's something that I'm having to kind of come to terms with is like, I, I think that first day, the, the day after I kept like that pain was so insurmountable. Like, mm -hmm to the point where like I was having like anxiety attacks. Like it was so bad. Like the, the grief was just so overwhelming that I kept, I kept thinking in my head, like, how does this get better? Like when will, when will the date come where I wake up and I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. And I think eight days in that what I am now finding it kind of to reiterate what we've already talked about, which this is another thing I've noticed in grief. I talk about things a lot in a circle and it's okay. Cause I'm trying to make sense of things. Right. But I have found that like, there isn't some date on the calendar where I'm going to wake up one day and I'm going to be like, wow, the world is, the sky is blue and the sun is shining and everything is great. Because here's the thing is when the, I wake up that day and the sun is shining, the sky is blue and everything else, I'm going to think of Jack's because those were his favorite days. Right. And he is now forever with me just in a different way. And that mm -hmm. means I'm going to be always cognizantly aware that like this thing, this person, this being is missing. Yep. And I, if I could like give anybody in that moment, like if I could go back like eight days ago to when I was like grasping, like literally gasping for air and trying to grasp like what was happening and give myself like any kind of like, any kind of advice it would yeah. just simply be to just feel what you're feeling because this sucks but like guess what it's gonna still suck eight days from now it's yep. gonna it's gonna keep sucking but the difference is is the waves won't be so big and you'll start to find uh, you'll start to you'll start to be able to swim yeah and 
there will be times where your head's still going to go underwater and you're going to get hit by an unexpected wave. Like I was sitting in the press box on Saturday watching Nebraska uh, play a pretty decent enough game against Ohio State for at least some of it. It was like somewhere in halftime, I got hit by a wave of emotions and I was like, am I going to have to go up and excuse myself to the restroom? Because I feel like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. It's like, why in that moment? But it just was what it was. And well, and that's, that's grief. I mean, honestly, in a nutshell, I think there should be something said too, to the fact that when you lose someone or something um, unexpectedly, it's, I feel like the grief is different um, than when you're expecting it um, because you have time to prepare Mm -hmm. to the best of your ability um, when you're expecting something. Um, There is a very big difference in the way that I handled the grief when Gino died unexpectedly versus Jack, who we knew we were going to have to make a decision on eventually. Um, Mm -hmm. It was extremely different. Um, So I think that, you know, the waves are always going to happen, but especially when it's, when it's really unexpected and you didn't have time to prepare yourself in any way, it's a lot harder. And I feel like it takes a little bit longer um, to, to go through the stages of grief. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's so in, like, it's so good to listen to other people too, for me just personally, because, um, I know, so Danny had sent us, um, a, a nice email about Jackson. Like I said, thank you so much for sharing your photo of Burke. And just, that was very kind. And, um, Erica also talked about just like grief just stinks and how in my case, I'll have a chunk of my heart missing for the rest of my life. And it is true. It just, oh gosh, a lot of people knew me because of Jack's. Like there's literally a person who follows me on Twitter that doesn't live far from me and would just like literally get so excited when I'd walk by the house with Jackson Scout to the point where like the first time she ever introduced myself, introduced herself, she was like, is that Jackson Scout? And I was like, if we are, if we look like a three ring circus, a hundred percent, it's Jackson Scout because like walking Jackson Scout together was a journey of epic proportions. The two of them were absolute little, like, excuse my language, but little, like just little, little shits. Like (laughs) they independently being walked were fine. But when they were ever walked together, it was just like the two of them were just like egged each other on like Jack's new scout gets like worked up over other dogs barking. And so he'd get kind of excited just to like watch her get excited. And I'm like, you two are just little snot buckets. (laughs) And we'd be walking down the street. I'm like getting yanked over by two dogs. But the thing is, is like, I kept doing it. Like some people would be like, this is insane. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like you don't have to walk them together. But like, I knew that they liked to go together at the same time. So like, here I am out on walks, like just being like looking like an absolute insane person. Mm -hmm. And so like, people would always just be like, Oh, I saw you out walking. I'm like, no, you didn't because whatever you witnessed, (laughs) I am not proud of. (laughs) Like it was, it was an absolute three ring circuit. And so the other day I haven't seen them yet, but like I walked past their house and like, I only had scout and I'm like, you know, that's kind of sad to think like it wasn't long ago that I, you know, bumped into them with, with both Jacks and scout mm-hmm. with me. And like, I, it's going to take, it's going to take time to like, kind of come to terms with the fact that I do have that whole, that piece of me that I feel like is missing. And I do think like at some point I would like to adopt another dog for scout because I do think she does well when she has some like another presence. I think she is a, I think she is a pack minded, um, dog where she does like being alone because she loves all the attention, but I can tell like to a degree, like she's probably a little bored. Um, I think she misses like the other animal to bother. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so at some point we will. And, you know, I think when that happens, it's not like that, that animal is going to heal anything. It's not like that animal will fill anything. It's just that that animal will expand a part of my heart in a different way. Yep. And that the thing that I kind of take solace in too, is like myself as a dog owner, as like, I will be such a better dog owner to whatever dog I get next because of my relationship with Jax. He made he made me better. We went through, like I told 
Kyle this story the other day. I remember one of the first times I remember I, so I lived in an apartment, so I had to walk jacks for everything, which Mm -hmm. was an exhausting experience because if it's raining, if it's whatever. And to be clear, jacks was very like, we needed to move to California because jacks was like, his weather was 70 to 74 degrees. No, no wind, light wind at best, sunny, just perfect, pristine conditions. Mm-hmm. Anything other than that, it was annoying to him. He was either too hot, he was too cold. It, it, it like would literally make it hard for him to even want to go to the bathroom because he was like, I'm not interested. It's it's yeah. not the weather that I want. He was very much a diva about that. He just had very specific like asks. And um, I will never forget like one of the first times I took him to go walk him, I was trying so hard. I knew he needed to go to the bathroom, but he wasn't because it was like, whatever the weather wasn't great. And I remember I got so frustrated. I got so frustrated and I didn't like yell at him or do anything bad, but I remember just like losing my temper a little bit and just being so frustrated by this dog being like, why can't you just do what I'm asking you to do? Like, and just like, it it was a moment in my life where I'm like, I'm not proud of how I reacted, but I will never forget looking down at him and his, his eyes looking at me kind of like, unsure of what to make of what was happening with me. And I remember looking at him and being like, this is so unfair to me or for me to do this to this dog. He doesn't know. He doesn't, he doesn't understand what I'm asking of him. And he's just, he's just trying to live his life. And at the time he hadn't even adjusted to his life with me yet. So for me to be so frustrated and angry with him is just kind of a really unfair thing for me to do. And I just remember looking at him and being like, all right, I'm so sorry. What just happened? Well, you know, I can't promise it won't happen again. I hope it doesn't, but I'm going to be more in check of myself because you don't deserve that. And I kind of at that moment acknowledge like this is Jax's world and I'm now living in it. Like it's not the other way around. Like I am now adjusting my life to him, not him completely adjusting his life to me. And because of that moment, I have found I am more patient with Scout. I am more patient with other things in my life. I am more patient with things that maybe had upset me 10 years ago because I would just be frustrated by the way things not working for me and the timing that I wanted them to. Because of Jack's, I am more chill about. And that's where I'm like, when the day comes that we, we look at another dog, I will be a better owner to that dog. Like I am to scout because of Jack's. And that's kind of a big thing to like, realize of like, he, he quite literally made me a better, he made me a better person. Well, and I mean, if you think about it that way, that was Jack's gift to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I totally agree with you. Like, Gino for me was the first dog that I ever owned as an adult. Um, I always had dogs growing up, but he was the first dog that I had. That was both Brian and I's Um, Mm -hmm. Jack was very much Brian's dog. He's had him for since Aiden has been alive. Um, So with, with that in mind, I think that both of them um, and then going through that grief too helped me be a better dog parent to Mario. Um, it probably is why I'm kind of a a helicopter Mm. dog owner with him. Um, but that's, that's the gift that, uh, that, that Jack's gave to you was, was that. And I, like, I was like, (laughs) trying not to get emotional because, um, that's honestly beautiful. (laughs) I think when you start to like, I, so, um, Nick Masis, the owner of Muchachos, he tweeted overnight, like he recently lost one of his dogs. And, um, again, it's just such a, it's such a difficult experience and such a very unique and private experience for every single person. But he had tweeted about like our basically dog ghost real. And I, I am like not a big believer in ghosts, but I believe in spirits. Absolutely. I don't know what the world looks like when we're done here, but I absolutely believe something happens. Like I absolutely believe that our souls go somewhere and I'm confident that there will be a day I will see Jax again. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I really don't. 
But the reason I feel confident in things like that, and so somebody who hears this might go, well, those are all just coincidences. Like, that's not a big deal. Like, what, whatever. And that's the thing is everyone feels differently and believes differently, and that's okay. But for me in the last week, there have been these moments where, like, I keep asking for signs from Jax. But, like, the things I ask for are, like, so big and obvious. Like, I'm just, like, I want, like, I, I, like I'm asking for, like, things that like are not reasonable expectations. But when I start to kind of break down these little things that I've noticed. So the, the morning he passed away, I had an alarm set that was supposed to be when we were supposed to wake up to bring him back for um, all of his, like to kind of get the game plan that we thought we had started. Mm -hmm. And um, that alarm went off and it's not like an annoy, it's like a song. So it's kind of starts very like peaceful sounding. It went off like just after he passed away. And that kind of felt like a, okay, here's this moment of um, kind of like that, that alarm could have gone off at any time. And instead it went off right at this moment. Like, obviously it was a moment, it was literally set for a time, but I'm just saying like, if any of the timing had been different, could you imagine if that had gone off like two minutes sooner? Like it, it would have been a very different experience. And so like, there's just a lot of kind of like moment in that like time of like, okay, this was kind of meant to be, if you will. And since then there are little things that I have found where like I um, scout, like there's one t- Jax as he got older, stopped like really claiming toys as his own. It was something he really was more about when he was younger, but there was this one toy. It was an alligator that he, he did like typically go for when he was looking for a toy. And I had set it out because I kind of wanted to just set it aside. And yesterday scout went and grabbed it from its spot, which she doesn't typically do when things are set aside. She doesn't typically go grab them. She's pretty good about boundaries. So that was already a little bit bizarre that she like went and grabbed it essentially off of my nightstand, brought it into where I was sitting in my office, dropped it by my, by my side, and then just went off to go lay down. And so like, that was kind of strange where I'm like, why are you doing that? And like the, the one week later and I'm promising people, I did not set an alarm. I woke up at 4 17 AM just right before what would have been, you know, him being gone one week before I woke up, rolled over and it was like, it's 4 17 in the morning. Like how, like, what are the odds? And Kyle woke up at 4 25. So just like for both of us to kind of just like independently wake up, like right around the same time of what would have been one week. Like there's just these little things when I think you start to like, just step back and appreciate whether it's an animal or a person or whatever. There are always these little signs in your life that shows Mm -hmm. you that they're with you. It's just not in the physical sense. And that's hard because you want to hold them. You want to like you want to give them that, that physical love that you're used to. But the reality is like the love is still there. They're just, it's different now. And I think to answer uh, Nick's question from Twitter, I I don't know if like dog ghosts are real in the sense of like, I don't think like dogs are floating around our homes, like with sheets over their heads. And I don't think that's what he's asking, although it would be very cute (laughs) if they were. Um, But I do think that like you feel the spirit of the things that have left the people and the, the beings that have left you. I think that they are, they're always there. And I don't think that's an, I, I think that's the case, no matter how religious or how spiritual or how anything you are. Like, I don't think that, that I, I think a lot of things are independent of religion. And yeah. I think a lot of times it's just the spiritual being of like our world. And I have a feeling that there are going to be little reminders that are there all the time of Jack's and they'll be there when I need them in the perfect moment and they won't be explainable. And some of them, maybe I'm making up in my head, but you know what? So be it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. You know, I told, I told, Sasha that we were also going to talk about just change in general, but like, I'm okay with not, I will just add this at the end really quick before we wrap this episode up. Um, obviously Nebraska made some big changes to its, uh, coaching staff just a couple of days ago from when you're listening to this, it's not unique. Uh, there are teams across the country that are making big changes right now are going to make big changes. And the thing I will just say about that is just a reminder, regardless of how you feel about people as coaches, they're still people. And it's, it's okay to be able to respect the person, even if they weren't the right coach. And, um, 
I will say the four, the four men that were let go by Nebraska this week were outstanding individuals. They were more than kind with their time, their thoughts, their, um, they, they're just good upstanding humans Mm -hmm. and they have families. Um, in some cases, like I think of Ryan held in the time he was at Nebraska, we literally saw his family grow. Mm -hmm. We literally saw his wife have two sons and, um, just to watch that joy for him was really special. And so like, I know at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with performance on the field. And that's what this business is. Unfortunately, it's very cutthroat. It's very cut and dry. A lot of good people don't pan out in the way that you would, you would root for them or hope for them to do. And it is what it is, but it doesn't change the fact that they're still really good people. And so I don't think I worry about anyone listening to this podcast, but I think like, just as a reminder, always show grace through these moments because a lot of people's lives just got really, really turned upside down. And that's going to be the case at Nebraska. It's going to be the case at LSU. It's going to be the case at many places across the country. And a lot of people are about to like find out that, you know, this, this world that they lived in is suddenly not there anymore. Yeah. I think that something that because of the nature of everything anymore, um, we have steady access to information at all times. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that sometimes what gets lost um, in in well, specifically football, because that's what we're talking about, is that uh, things are ever changing. Um, there's an ebb and a flow. Um, and uh, just remember that, just please remember that people are human. Um, mm-hmm. They're not robotic, they're not um, caricatures just because they're part of a coaching staff. Um, the reality of, of coaching football is that um, it can be brutal sometimes, um, mm-hmm. it can be unforgiving clearly. (laughs) Um, but just remember that, uh, at the end of the day that there are human beings, just like, you know, people are attached to, you know, their Twitter handle. That's an actual human being on the other end. Um, so regardless of kind of what you thought or, or your expectations or whatever, um, just be kind, please. And if you can't just don't say anything, don't say anything. Yeah. I will tell you, I'll give you one little story and anecdote really quick be, I won't use one from this current staff like that. Yep. That can be for another day, but yeah. Mike Riley. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to share my <laughs> Riley story to be honest. <laughs> he, okay. And I want to just preface this. Mike Riley also as a coach learned and grew a lot in his time. Cause like there, there was a lot of things, unfortunately coming from Oregon state where he had covered, or at least to an extent made it possible for things like sexual assault to exist on his rosters. Now in his time at Nebraska, he spent time with Brenda Tracy and, um, it, it seemed at least from an outsider's point of view, he really put in the work to like understand the harm and the, the hurt that he had, not maybe directly caused, but had inadvertently added to by not, you know, being more um, cognizant of the, at the time of these things and um, holding players on his team accountable for their actions. So I, I also temper that with this. Like I understand again, with any human on this earth, we all have different experiences with people. So I'm not taking away from that. If somebody is out there listening and is like, you know, I don't really think he's a great person. You know what? I respect like all experiences with different people. Um, with that said, in my own personal experience with Mike Riley, so I was in a really serious car accident in um, February of 2016, and um, Mike Riley very quickly took to, and his his wife D really quickly took to like checking on me. I received, you know, signed football from the university and all that, like kind of like boilerplate stuff, if you will. But aside from that, I mean, he went out of his way to contact me, make sure I was doing okay. When I did finally return to practice and then to, you know, the spring game, he was like, he introduced me quickly in person to D his wife to just be like, you have to meet her, wanted me to share what had happened with D and my story because he was just so moved by it. Um, he, he just, he, he didn't forget things. And the thing that I remembered about him is that he never forgot a name and he was really good at like, when you told him your name, he never forgot it. So he didn't forget details. He knew, 
um, life events that happened. Uh, if he had heard that somebody lost somebody, he would offer the, his condolences. If he'd heard that something significant had happened, whether you had a child or you'd gotten married, he offered well wishes to you. He was just the kind of person that when he heard something, he remembered it and he never forgot. And then he always offered his, he just, he made you a part of his life. He brought people in and made him, made them part of his life. On the day he was, you know, fired, he held a post-firing press conference, which is like to date him and Doc Sadler are the two when they did those things. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. That's why like all I will say is I don't buy the like an outsider can't care about Nebraska in the way that it's somebody in Nebraska can, because Mike Riley absolutely cared about Nebraska. And I, I, I won't hear otherwise. Mike yeah. <laughs> Riley cared about Nebraska, but I will never forget when that press conference ended and the cameras were cut and people who were watching on their streams no longer were privy to what was happening in that room. He went around almost one by one to every single person that was in that room and thanked them. Yeah. He, told people how much he appreciated their time, their willingness to get to know him, to speak with him. I remember when he came to me, he gave me a hug. He told me that Dee was in the back of the room and that she would want to make sure that she saw me before they left. Um, he didn't have to do that. He could have just yeah. said, I'm done with this place. I'm out. But it was a good reminder for me of the human nature of this, that jobs are one thing, but people are entirely more important at the end of the day yep. and Mike Riley may not have been Nebraska's long-term coach you can argue whether he should have even been hired all of that I don't care but it yeah. doesn't change the fact that Mike Riley was just a really good person mm -hmm. and I to this day promise you if any single one of us ran into Mike Riley and it doesn't even matter if you wrote, it doesn't matter. You could have wrote the most damning critical things about him. Does not matter. He would be so thrilled to see you. Yeah. And he would probably remember something about you that you'd be like, hold up. How do you even like remember that? Yeah. And that's, that is something where like, I think when people kind of break down, when you strip away the job from the person, you start to go, okay, maybe the job wasn't right, but the person that doesn't make them a bad person. Right. Now, there are some bad people, but like exactly. this, this is not one of them. Like Nebraska did fire or let go or whatever terminate or whatever word you want to use um, for really good people. And I won't share who specifically it is. Uh, maybe I will at a later time. Um, but one of those coaches to, in, in my experience is what my, like your encounters with Mike Riley, mm. always super kind I only spoke with him maybe three times, but he still remembered my name. Um, and so, I, I mean, I don't really care what people's opinions are of, of these four gentlemen, um, like in the way that they coached, but just remember that they are human beings. Um, and I think that, I mean, I could say that until like we end this episode, like 14 more times. Um, mm -hmm. Don't let it get lost that there are people attached mm -hmm. to the actual coaching. Um, they are it's human funny, beings. Just based on what you said, I know exactly which coach you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also do say like two of the coaches that were let go were former Huskers. So they yeah. also had dreams that um, didn't pan out at a school that they loved and played for. And I do yeah. also just want to point this out. Like these are those things where like, I think it's just, it's free to be kind yes. because again, just because it, it doesn't work out from a job coaching perspective does not mean you need to go and like slander people for being like whatever, because one of my, one of my other quick stories that I think is, has always stuck with me mm -hmm. is, um, Mike Cavanaugh, he was Mike Riley's offensive line coach. Mm -hmm. um, when he arrived at Nebraska, and I, I think some people knew this, but I don't know how many people, he grew up idolizing Milt Teneper. Like Milt Teneper, who is a just offensive coach legend at Nebraska, the man behind the pipeline. Like mm -hmm. you think of Nebraska's pipeline, you think of Milt. For Mike Cavanaugh, he idolized Milt. Like when he was like growing up, like that's who he wanted to be. He wanted to be Milt. So for him to get the job at Nebraska, to be the offensive line coach at Nebraska was like, this yeah. is the dream. This is what I have wanted. And so for him, 
for that not to work out was devastating and heartbreaking because this was this thing that he had dreamed of. And again, I never would tell somebody like, you can be frustrated by like, I didn't think the like offensive line played as well or whatever the case may be. But that doesn't mean that like Mike Cavanaugh was a bad person. And in fact, he cared immensely about it and it meant a lot to him. So I think when we can kind of start to dial some of those things back where you start to realize like, when you start to go like, just because a person didn't work out in a certain position doesn't mean I have to go and like, just completely like, just destroy their name in the process. Right. I think you start to like, realize like, I think this is maybe, sorry, my best example right now. When people are watching the Browns and the Bengals play, they're watching Zach Taylor. They're watching <laughs> Bill Callahan. Yeah, They're yeah, even seeing Troy yeah. Walters in the background. Yes. Yeah. And I watched Nebraska fans like kind of get excited about that. Yeah. And here's the thing. 10, 15 years ago, people would not have acted that way about Bill Callahan. And in fact, people destroyed Bill Callahan's name in the process. Yeah. Imagine just like going, it didn't work out. He's on to his next thing. Uh, yeah. We now as fans get a new coach and it is what it is. Um, but like, you have to admit when it, you see somebody that like was once a part of your program down the road, whether they're having success or you just happen to see them on the sideline, people get excited. And that's yep. the thing is like, I promise you, people are going to end up seeing Ryan held and, um, Greg Austin, especially, um, enroll somewhere else where you're going to be looking at your TV one day and you're gonna be like, wait, hold Whoa. on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is remember their people and like, you can still root for success for them wherever that journey now takes them. And yep. I just think, don't let think, the freshness of the, what happened under during their tenure here, um, cloud your, your vision of what, what they're capable of. Yes. hundred percent because <sighs> Otherwise, otherwise it's just like not a fun existence. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I just, I think if nothing else, this, this podcast, we often remind you of just like, be kind, show kindness. I think, especially in sports, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of tendency to see things. There's a lot of tendency to see the worst in things. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we take a step back and just kind of go like, you can absolutely, and by the way, I'm not even talking about like, if you want to be frustrated, critical of the decision that Trev Alberts made, that is totally fine. Like I am absolutely, I'm absolutely not saying that you can be critical of decisions and you can be critical of the people. You can be critical of everything. And like, you can demand as somebody who your tax dollars are going towards people's salaries, hundred percent be critical. Like politicians, coaches deserve you to hold them accountable. They know the job that they sign up for. They're making a lot of money for you to be critical. What we're ultimately saying is you don't have to disparage character in that process. Those are two different things. You don't have to take somebody's personal character down because you're frustrated by the job that they did or did not do. So again, I am absolutely not saying be mad all you want. Just also be kind at the end of the day to the individuals who have just had their lives changed. Exactly. Mic drop. Mic drop. Well, this was therapeutic. I I will say, as always, this this podcast typically is therapeutic for me. I apologize. I'm, I'm not apologizing for being sad. I am apologizing for like, like sniffling so badly into your ears. Um, I could have been more prepared, but I wasn't. So that is just the like, nature of this podcast. Right. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> but we we do appreciate you as always. Yeah. I think the thing that I have always wanted this podcast to show, and this kind of goes into that last point we just made, is like we're all humans. And like you see me show up to a press conference or you see Sasha show up um, to record a podcast and you think like everything is cool, like everything, but you don't always know what's going on behind the scenes with people or you don't know the life that they are currently living or the things that they're having to process and go through. So I think just like being cognizant of that is always really important. Again, it doesn't mean you can't be critical of things. It just means you don't have to disparage those characters along the way, but also just being kind to people and know that like, we're all dealing with shit. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Just dealing with shit. And if, uh, if you have recently or ever lost an animal, please just know, like, I am absolutely heart sick for you as well. 
what a like why can't animals live forever i wish (laughs) i i will give you one last quick thing when kyle and i were talking about like someday if we get another animal he's like what animal lives the longest and he jokingly was like we should get a parrot parrots parrots live for like 50 years (laughs) i i like i can't imagine parrots are very snuggly and like cuddly and fun but you never know like you never know like maybe you find the one that just really enjoys that but they do like live for 50 years so i'm like yeah considering it it would like outlive me so um great (laughs) yeah it's uh that's a good i guess i'm getting a parrot after mario right whenever that happens (laughs) we're all just gonna like we're all just gonna get parrots you're just gonna see a run on parrots uh, nebraska humane society watch out we're all coming for any of the parrots and parakeets and birds that you have that live for like 20 30 40 50 years like we're we're interested (laughs) but also i will say as much as it sucks that we don't get them forever animals dogs cats rabbits all you name it they do give us they do give us joy, a sense of purpose, and they they that last long pass when they they leave this earth. So yes. I am grateful for it. It's hard. It's gonna suck for a long time, but I will say it was it was worth it. It will forever have been worth it. So yeah. Scout Scout is now coming in here to where <laughs> I am podcasting, and she's like, "What are you doing? I am tired of being ignored." <laughs> Hi, okay. Scout. Hi, Scout. Well, we appreciate you as always. You can email us at mindyourownpodcast at hailvarsity.com. We love to hear from you. Um, you can also tweet at us at Aaron Sorensen at Sasha72. Um, <laughs> she is now just bulldozing oh, her way. Hi, baby. Um, hi, girl. You're so nice. Um, but we do love to hear from you. So please reach out. We, we, will, we will get back to adjacently talking about sports maybe next week. Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters. It's fine. It's fine. We love you guys. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you for always bearing with us and listening. <laughs> Bye. A Huda Media Production.